0: Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at KingsgateHobs.com. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Kingsgate Church slash Centro Victoria. Welcome tonight to our Wednesday night service. We're gonna go ahead and start with a word of prayer, so if everybody who is here, if you guys would like to stand up, we'll go ahead and get started. We will usher in the presence of God through prayer instead of worship tonight, and it'll all be good. I'm reminding myself right now, if you have your cell phone, go ahead and turn it off. I'm gonna turn mine off. Actually, I'm gonna throw mine over here. All right. If everybody would just bow their heads and close their eyes, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just praise you tonight. Father, we enter into your courts with thanksgiving in our hearts. Thank you, God. Thank you for being a God who sees all, who knows all, who empathizes with wherever we are, who leads, who guides, who directs. Thank you for being a good father. We just come before your throne of grace tonight. We seek your wonderful face and we seek your presence tonight. Holy Spirit, we welcome you tonight. We welcome you, we welcome you, we welcome you. Heavenly Father, I pray right now that you would surround this place. Surround this place with your love, with your acceptance, with your peace, with your joy. Surround us, Lord. We get rid of all of the waste from today. We get all, rid of all the worry, all the fear, all the doubt, all discouragement. Father, we get rid of all the negativity, all the crazy feelings. We get rid of everything, every weight from today, from the beginning of the week, from last week. Whatever it is, God, that may be weighing us down. God, we cast our cares unto you right now. Every care, every burden, every worry, every lie, we cast it onto you, God, because you care for us. We thank you, God. We break every lie, every spirit of perversion, lies, and fear right now. We break it in Jesus' name over our minds, over our spirits, over our soul, over this atmosphere. We break it right now in Jesus' name. All jealousy, all competition is broken in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this place. Have your way, Holy Spirit. Have your way, Holy Spirit. We release the fruits of the Spirit. We release a garment of praise, the oil of joy, liberty, joy and gladness, resurrection, life and truth, liberty, truth. We release the Holy Spirit to have its way. Have your way, Holy Spirit, in this place. Father, you said in your word, if we will lift you up, you will draw all men unto you, God. So we lift you up. We worship you. We praise you. We exalt you. We lift you up. Thank you, God. You have been reminding me lately of who you are. Thank you for being Jehovah Jireh. Thank you for being Jehovah Nisi. Thank you for being Jehovah Sicano. Thank you for being Jehovah God. Thank you for being Jehovah RoHa. Thank you for being El Elyon. Thank you for being omnipotent. Thank you for being omnipresent. Thank you for being God. Thank you for being the God who holds the universe in the palm of his hands. Thank you, God, for being the God that works every plan to perfection with all its different intricacies. Thank you for being that God that sees the beginning from the end. Thank you, God, that you're not concerned about all the things that are going on in this world because you Everything under control. Thank you for being that God. And thank you for being that God for us. Thank you, God. We refuse to get wrapped up in the cares of the world. We refuse to get wrapped up in who we are or who we aren't. We look to you, the author and the finisher of our faith. We look to you, God. We are completely and totally and utterly dependent upon you, God. We look to you, God. We look to you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Anoint your word tonight, God. Anoint our ears to hear your word. Anoint our hearts to receive your word. God, let us not leave here the same way we came in. God, thank you that your word is spirit, life, and truth. Thank you that your very word gives life. God, speak life into us tonight. Speak everlasting change and life into our spirits tonight. Thank you for your word tonight. Let it fall on good ground. And God, I thank you. It will produce a harvest. It will produce a great harvest, God. We love you. We love you. We love you. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you. Praise you. If everybody would just take a moment, just take a minute or so and just spend a little time with God mind. You know where your heart is right now. We are coming into the presence of a holy God. Ask him to purify you. Ask him to cleanse you. Ask him to clear your mind, your heart so that you can spend this intimate time with just him. If you need to ask for forgiveness, ask him to forgive you. Don't carry that weight. We're in the house of God. We're here to come receive a rhema word, expectation, healing, deliverance, whatever it is you need tonight. You're in the right place tonight. You guys online, you're in the right place tonight to receive from God. No, it's not the building, but he lives in us and we invite him we invite him. we invite him to be manifested in our hearts and in this place tonight holy spirit Hey, have a seat. Okay, before you have a seat. Can y'all move over here? Because I will wander way over there. <laughs> I will walk way over there so then I can just stay somewhere over here in this area. How y'all doing tonight? Y'all awake? Hey folks online. Hope y'all doing good tonight. Pretty in pink, girl. Pretty in pink. So, tonight I have the honor and the privilege to speak with you guys tonight, and I just love being able to have the opportunity to speak. Um, But tonight, I don't even have a title for this message, but I want to be very open and honest and transparent with you guys. Uh, There was a man of God that says, You know, the people at my church, they're hot. And he's like, we're all hot. And I was like, oh, that's nice. Hot meaning we're honest, open, and transparent. So tonight I want to be honest, open, and transparent with you guys about some things that God has been laying on my heart. And hopefully it will help you guys. Now, this is not a brand new message. This is not something that you haven't heard before. This is A revelation that God has given me, and when I asked God, when Pastor Matt uh, asked me to speak, um, immediately I got off the phone with him, and I was like, okay, God, what do you want me to speak about? And he immediately told me. Usually that doesn't happen that quick. Usually I have to wait a little bit for God to tell me, but it happened that quick. I was like, oh, really? Okay. All right. And it was such an easy transition because, like I said, this is something that God has been working on me in my own life. So if you guys could turn to Joshua 1a, we have probably about about, eight to ten scriptures that we'll go through tonight. Uh, But this scripture has been one that has been embedded in my mind since last year. God has really spoke to me about this since last year Joshua 1 8 says study this book of instruction continually everybody say continually meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do meditate Study this book continually and meditate on it day and night, and then you will succeed and you will prosper. So recently, um, I had started the uh, spiritual warfare, that pastor, uh, a spiritual warfare class that Pastor Fabian has been teaching. How many of you guys have taken that class? So at least half of us have taken that class. If you haven't taken the class, I strongly urge you guys to get in that class. I've taken the class twice and almost taught it once. So pastor was doing it again, and uh, I sat in it for a a few classes just because some of my girls were in it, and I was just like, oh, I don't need spiritual warfare. I've already gone through it twice. I already know this stuff, so I don't need to go through it again. So I started it a few weeks ago. And God has just opened my eyes and my mind again to the battle that we're in as Christians. I didn't, I knew it, but I, I guess I forgot it somewhere in the midst of time and life, just realizing the battle that we're in as Christians on a daily basis. So the sad thing is, is that I've been saved for a long time. And I can honestly tell you there have been times where I didn't even recognize that I was in a battle. I was sitting up here blaming such and such and wanting to shoot this person and wanting to cut this person's throat. But not understanding that I was in a spiritual battle and I needed to fight this spiritual battle with spiritual weapons. So I'm going through this class and one of the things that pastor really talks about is accountability and training, okay? So he's like, we're in a battle, we're soldiers, we got to train. Okay, we got to be accountable to each other. Okay, so we go through and we have this list of things that we have to check off. And it's the five that our church is somewhat the foundation of what we teach in this church. Those five things plus one more, we got to read our chapters in class. So pastor gives us a sheet and we have to check whether we did those things every day for that week. And I get that list, and I look at it, and I was like, I didn't pray every day. I I do not read my Bible every day either. I mean, I did, but I didn't do it every day. So I'm going to just go ahead, and immediately the Holy Spirit convicts me. It's like, what are you doing? You, you going to lie? Well, I guess I ain't going to lie. So <laughs> I give the paper back. And pastor, being the wonderful father that he is, calls me out in front of the whole class after class. He's like, Adrian, you want to make sure that you get this? stuff? Yes, sir. I will make sure that I... I knew it was coming, though. You want to make sure you get this stuff done? Yes, sir. I will make sure that I'm on top of it. So I couldn't be upset, though, because in my Bible study, that's the very thing that God has been speaking to me about with the girls in my Bible study. Pastor Barbara and Pastor Fabian have done an amazing job training us up as leaders. Pastor Matt and Pastor Jen have done a great job in coming in right behind them and holding down the fort. They have done an amazing job to teach us how to live in this life and what's necessary for us to go and succeed in this world. So, Bible study this summer, I was like, okay, guys, we're going to do something this summer. This summer, we're really going to work on you. We're going to work on you figuring out out what it is that God is calling you to do. And we're going to work on your foundation and fortifying you and making sure that you're strong so you can step out and do everything that God is wanting you to do. We're going to keep it real simple. We're going to work on the five, and we're going to read a book. We're just going to talk about it and eat and hang out. So the girls are like, okay, let's do this. Got a few girls that have showed up. So if you could turn with me for a second to Hebrews 10.25, it's important that we stay together as Christians because Hebrews 10.25 says, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. We have to make sure that we stay close and connected to each other. We have to make sure that we stay accountable to each other. We have to make sure that we're constantly challenging each other and pushing each other to be everything that God wants us to be. And not doing it in some weird spirit, but doing it in in love. Because we are all in this together, but we are in a battle, and the enemy has taken so many of us out day by day by day by day. So the first book we decided to go through uh, is a book by Christine Kane called uh, How Did I Get Here? Finding Your Way Back to God When Everything is Pulling You pulling you away. And I was kind of surprised that Christine Kane would come out with a book like this. I was like, man, Christine Kane, also woman of God. She's like finding your way back to God when everything is pulling you back. I was like, okay. Now, if you would have asked me last year, I would have told you, I said, you know, this is not an area that I need to work on. COVID was good for me. COVID was a time that I didn't have to go to a basketball game. I didn't have to go to a volleyball game. I didn't have to. I mean, we literally ended basketball season the day they shut the schools down. And we're like, we finished the season. And COVID was chill time. COVID was time for me to reconnect with God and God had me in the word two hours a day reading and praying and I was getting such revelation from God and it was awesome. You would have brought this book to me last year and I would have been like, I'm good. Now I'm struggling with what God wants me to do, but I, I'm, I haven't drifted away from God. I'm good. But then life happened. Things started opening back up. Kids started playing again, but not only did they start playing again, it was like playing sports on crack, on steroids. Let's smush everything together in three months. I had two kids graduating, one in college, and then I had a kid that I was homeschooling. And therefore, for a minute, it got a little crazy. I was just like, I can't breathe. But remember what Hebrews 10.25 says. If you can go back to... That let us not neglect meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now since the day of his return is drawing near. So as I'm going through all of this stuff, there's different stories in the Bible that were coming up to me. In Matthew 25, you have the parable of the ten bridesmaids. And you had five that were prepared and five that were not. You had five that had their oil and they were anxiously waiting on God's return. And then you had five that had some oil, but they didn't have enough oil in order to be able to make it in when Jesus came back. So what happens with those bridesmaids? Jesus comes back, he's calling them, hey, it's time to go, let's go, let's go. Those other five get up and it's like, wait, we don't have enough of what we need in order to make it through. Can you, guys give some of, can you guys give us some of your oil so that we can make it through? And they were like, no, no, we can't. If we give you some of ours, then none of us will make it through. God told us that we needed to be ready, and the Bible says that they were foolish. They were foolish, and they didn't get ready when it was time to get ready. Verse 13 says, so you too must keep watch, for you do not know the day or the hour of my return. We can see if you're, I hate watching the news, but if you could see what's going on in the news now, it's looking pretty dark. But we know that all of this stuff must happen in order for Jesus to return. We know it has to happen. So Christine Kane said in this book, he said, we live in a world where the currents and the winds are very strong. We live in a world where the currents and the winds are very, very strong. And they are pulling us in different directions. Ephesians 2.2, now this is in the King James Version, says wherein time passed we walked according to the course of this world in times past we walked according to the course of this world according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. before times we we walked according to the world, but now that we have been saved, and God has set us free, we don't walk according to the world anymore. However, it talks about the prince of the power of the air. How was Adolf Hitler able to sway so many people? He got on the airwaves. He got on the radio. He gave them a story that he wanted them to hear and to believe. We got social media. We got the news. We got information at at our fingertips, at all times, that is swaying us here and there. The current is strong, and it's pulling us. She gave a story, Christine Kane gave a story of drifting, and she was talking about how her and her husband had went fishing, and they were in a boat. And her husband told her to drop the anchor. She dropped the anchor, and she took a nap. Little did she know, her husband had took a nap, too. And they both woke up, and they were far out to sea in the shipping lanes, and they were just in a little tiny boat. And her husband was like, did you drop the anchor? And she was like, I did drop the, drop the anchor. She said, did you, He said, did you make sure that it was secure? And she's like, what do you mean was it secure? I dropped it like you told me to. But they had drifted far out from where they had expected to because the current had pulled them. Many of us now have drifted and we don't even recognize it. Can you ask yourself, do I have the fire and the fervency that I had when I once got saved? Do I have the drive and the passion that I have to seek God with my whole heart like when I first got saved? Am I following the will of God with everything in my heart like when I first got saved? Do I believe the word of God and the miracles that he's able to perform like I did when I first got saved? Or have I drifted away? Judges uh, 1620 through 21 says, and this is, just a, this is just a reference and I won't even read it, but Samson was in this predicament. Samson was strong. He was powerful. He was able to whoop people with donkey jaw bones and stuff like that. And he was just doing crazy stuff. But he got caught in a current that was disguised as a woman. And the Bible says the spirit of God left him and he didn't even know it. The Spirit of God had left him. He thought that he was going to get up, and he thought he was going. Uh, Delilah said, the philistines they're attacking us. They've come to capture you, Samson. And he woke up, and he got up, and he thought he was going to be able to do the same things that he used to do in the Spirit of God. He thought he was going to be able to pray in tongues and fast and cast out demons and this and that and the other and whoop, folks. And he got up, and the Spirit of God had left him, and he didn't even recognize it. He didn't even notice it. So how do we recognize if we are in a spiritual drift? How do we get to the place where we recognize it? Well, I was talking to the girls in Bible study on Monday about a thing called mooring lines. Any of you guys ever been fishing, shipping, on a boat, sailing? We are desert dwellers in here, aren't we? All of us. Okay, so I didn't understand this either, okay? Mooring lines. Mooring lines are those ropes that people tie to the dock. Okay? And I never, I mean, I don't know nothing about no boats, so I didn't know what a mooring line is. And they may have a few lines that they tie to those big old stumps that are on a dock. Can y'all visualize it? Y'all know what I'm talking about? So as a counselor when we are treating intensive outpatient clients, these are people that are struggling with serious substance abuse issues, whether it's drug abuse or alcohol abuse. One of the things that we go over them with are mooring lines. Mooring lines are those things that keep you tied to the dock. They keep you safe. They keep you from drifting off to sea without you even noticing it a ship can easily drift off to to sea but those lines keep it in place now it may move back and forth but as long as it's tied to the dock it'll stay right there now you have to make sure that they're tied tight enough if not the rope can come loose and before you know it there's a ship out to sea you may think, well, why don't they just drop the anchor? Well, they can't drop the anchor at that time because it's shallow water. So they have to tie the lines. So mooring lines and substance abuse, well, we call it relapse drift. In order to avoid a relapse drift, drift, we need to make sure that your lines, your mooring lines are in place. Now, Some mooring lines for people that are struggling with substance abuse may be, hey, remember when you get around this person, you always want to use. You always get triggered and you want to You know what? One of your mooring lines is to stay away from this person, but be around this person. One of my mooring lines is to, oh, I need a job because when I have too much time on my hands, I ain't got nothing, you know, I ain't got nothing else to do, so my mind wonders. I want to go do this. So we list out all of these things that will help these people to stay stay in place. So we have to be honest with ourselves, and we have to ask ourselves, is there a drift that is occurring? Am I doing things that I wasn't doing when I got saved? Have I subtly start letting a little cuss word slip out here or there? I'm gonna be honest with y'all. Yes. Have I started to do this or do that? Do those things that I had left long time ago? Have I started? going backwards? Have I started to drift away? Have I started maybe allowing myself to be in environments or circumstances or getting angry or doing different things that I had left long time ago? Am I listening to certain music, watching different movies? What am I doing that may have caused me to drift? First, you need to notice that you're having a drift. Second, you need to recognize what are those things that are causing you to drift. We'll get so far out that we can't even see anymore. And the crazy thing about deception is that you don't even know you're deceived. Somebody else has to come and tell you. Hey, you're off. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. You way out there and can't nobody see you. So some of the things that, cause us to get out to see is we've been disappointed more times than we care to count. We've been betrayed and our hearts remain broken. We have suffered setback after setback and we lack the strength to stand again. We've been skipped over too many times and we feel left out and we feel left behind. We've been punched in the gut so hard that we can't catch our next breath. We failed in some way and we fear that it's final. We simply run out of energy, we run out of vision, we run out of passion, and we run out of motivation. We just don't have it in us anymore. We've forgotten why we started this thing in the first place, why we got saved in the first place. Or we've gotten distracted and succumbed to other attractions. So, so I've drifted. Maybe I've drifted. Maybe those things are me. So what do I do now? Now that I've drifted, what do I do? Usain Bolt said, and this is a wonderful quote, he said, I've trained four years. I've trained four years to run nine seconds. I trained four years to run nine seconds, and people give up when they don't see results in two months. Four years for nine seconds to be called the fastest man on earth. He trained four years. Some of us may have been train- in training for five years or six years or 15 years, and we don't see the results, but we're ready to throw in the towel. But I want to remind you, what is the goal? What is the number one goal? 2 Timothy verse 4, I mean, 2 Tim- Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. What's the goal? The goal is for us to finish the race. Training is ongoing. We will not finish the race until we are with Jesus. You got to keep running. I know you want to stop right now. I know you're tired. I know you're disillusioned. I know you're disheartened. I know you're upset right now. But the goal is to finish the race. That's one goal. So, what do we have to do? We have to train, we have to continue to do those five. We have to continue to pray, get in the word. We have to fast, we have to give, and we have to share our testimony. We have to continue to train. That's the training so that we can run the race and we can finish it. We must get to the place where we are dependent on God once again like a child. This little baby right here, I love Erlen. She is the cutest little thing. She'll come to me in class. Miss Adrian, I need to go to the bathroom. Okay, Erlen, let's go to the bathroom. Take her to the bathroom. How many of us have said, God, I need you to help me in this. Oh, no, we're self-sufficient. We're independent. We got this, right? We don't even ask God for help in the simple things anymore. We think we're above that. We have been Christians for so long, and we're good. We don't need to ask God for help in the little things anymore. God, I need you to help me find my keys today. Not just in the big things, but in the little things. And my husband knows I be losing my keys, but I find them. Thank you, Pastor Matt. He be on me about them keys in Barry. We have to get to the place where de- we're dependent on God once again, just like a child. And not rebellious kids either. I got a kid right now. I got a kid that think they grown right now, but they don't pay no bills. But they think they can make all these decisions, but they don't pay no bills. They think that, you know what? Leave me alone, ma. You don't pay no bills. Are you really grown until you pay bills? No. My mom lives with me. I'm still, mama, what do you think I should do about this? Mom, I still need direction and guidance from my mother. But sometimes we forget that. Now, you may say, I got the five down. I'm good. I've been doing this God thing for a long time. I pray. I read. I do this. Christine Kane said the same thing. She said, I have a international organization, tra- human trafficking organization. Not only do I preach at conferences, I go to conferences. Not only that, I am actually going to school to get my degree so that I can further my knowledge in the things of God. Not only that, I read, I pray, I do all of this thing, and guess what? She said, I drifted. And I was like, what? Christine how <laughs> how wait how i thought that if you did everything right you'd be all right i thought that if you did this and that and you i what what happened but sometimes those things that i listed they can happen and we can get to the point like she said i just don't want to do this anymore i've been hurt I've been disillusioned. I've been looked over. The battle has gotten too heavy. I don't want to fight anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. And we have to keep anchored. We have to keep those lines tied. Now, I'm going to close There was a quote that my husband found yesterday, and it said, A ship is safe in the harbor, but that's not what it was created for. I know many of us have been serving God for a long time, and if I asked you, you'd say you love God, and I know you love God with everything in you. I know you do. However, you're a ship that's been chilling in the harbor. Maybe you got All of this stuff straightened out. But God is saying, look, I need you to go into deeper waters. I need you to go into deeper waters. But even still in deeper waters, guess what, guys? It's more dangerous in deeper waters. So when you get in deeper waters, it's not going to be a little line that's going to hold you in place. It's going to be an anchor. When you get to the place where God wants you to be, he wants you to lower that anchor. And he wants you to stay in a place for a period of time. And when, when he gets ready to move you again, you're going to have to pick up that anchor. And you're going to have to move again. And you're going to have to drop it again. And he wants you to not be afraid of the waves and the winds that are going to come. Because he needs you to go in a deeper water. Because guess what? That's where the fish is. Our second goal. First goal is for us to run our race. Our second goal is for us to bring others with us. Pastor's been teaching about that in spiritual warfare. He's like, we, that's the goal of the church. Our goal as the church is not to save the world. Our goal is to capture as many people as we can and draw them into the kingdom of God. That's our goal. But we can't do that. We're not able to do that. Because our lines haven't been tied, and we just floating hither and there and yonder, and we up against the rocks, (laughs) just crashing against the rocks back and forth. We're in the battle, and we're getting beat up. So Jesus, I encourage you guys to get this book. Jesus needs to be our anchor when we get into deep waters. If he's not truly at the center of everything we do, then we're drifting, whether you notice it or not. And that's what I had to ask myself. Jesus wasn't at the center of everything that I was doing. Worry was at the center of everything that I was doing. I was worrying a whole lot. Where's my kid going to go to college? You know, where's my nephew going to go to college? Where's, you know, what am I going to do with my other kid and you know, what are we going to do about this and I ain't got no job and what I mean so many things that I was concerned about. Look at the, the state of the world. Oh, my goodness, is this really happening in the world? Nobody's saying anything about it. Why are we still in lockdown? Why are we still under restriction? I mean, why are we? You, there were so many things that I was worried about. Jesus was not my anchor. He was not at the center of everything that I was doing. I was being pulled by the currents. Of this world. If everybody would stand up, we'll go ahead and close. Whatever we do, whatever we do, right now is the time for you to get serious about your training. Life has shifted for me in the past few months. So I'm I'm having to change some things. But whatever you do, don't quit. Don't quit. Start over. Try again, readjust, regroup, refresh, but whatever you do, don't quit. I don't care what you have to do, don't quit. Don't quit. Like I said earlier, I know each and every one of you love God, and this is the time for the church to rise up. Like in the times of old, there's a revival that is coming to this earth. And many people will come into the kingdom of God. And many people will come into the kingdom of God by your word and by your testimony. Let's get serious about training. I'm speaking to myself. I'm speaking to myself. Pastor Barbara taught me good. Rest her so Oh, that woman. Oh, she taught us well. get connected in a group don't give yourself excuses not to come to church don't give yourself excuses not to get into prayer the bible says where your uh, where your uh, where your treasure is your heart will be also I know where your treasure is because I know what you're doing. I know that you make it to work every time you got to be there. I know that you got other things. The kid has a game and you're there. I know where your treasure is because I know where you are when I see you. Don't make excuses anymore by putting God on the back burner. It's not just about you. It's about your children. It's about those who are dying out there without any hope, that are lost, that are fearful, that are struggling with drugs and anxiety and fear. It's about all those people out there and some that are within the very walls of our house. Heavenly Father, oh, we look to you, God. We look to you, God. Forgive us where we have grown Hard and callous and indifferent because the waves of life have crashed us against the rocks over and over again and we are bruised and we are hurt and we are disheartened and discouraged. We are disillusioned. We have lost hope. For those who have lost hope in a relationship that has been broken, whether it's a marriage relationship or with your child, Don't be disheartened. Don't be disillusioned. God is still there. He is still there in the midst, willing and able to work through and in this situation. Grab a hold to Jesus once again. Go back to the basics. Grab a hold to him. Cry out to him like a child. Reach up for him. He didn't leave us. We left him. I didn't leave God. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Don't justify your behavior anymore. Be real with yourself. I had to come to the reality that, hey, yeah, you're children's pastor, but you know what? You've been drifting. Your heart isn't where it used to be. Come back. Find that anchor. Draw from the living well of God. I don't care if you have to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning. Do it. If that's the only time you got, do it. God, thank you that you are drawing each and every person back to you. Back to you, God. We love you, God. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' name, amen.